Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, hello again. Good to see everybody. We are launching a new series, and hey, this is a good way uh, Megan was talking to small groups. There are a couple of books that go along with this series. Uh, there's a journal. You hear me talking about journaling all the time. This is, a great, this is a great opportunity to begin. And this will guide you through uh, helping you realize the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. And you can write your uh, prayers down. You know, a habit I've had for a long time is that, for a long, long time, is I write down my requests to God. And then as I go back and as God answers those, I write a date by him and put a check by it. If it hasn't been answered yet, I just put a circle. And like that way I can go back and look at it again and keep praying for that. And then whenever God does answer it, then I can go in the circle and check it off. And it just helps me kind of stay on task praying for people and situations and all. And this is, this is kind of like a guide to being able to sit with God and to enjoy his presence and some of us, uh, probably I wasn't, I wasn't taught early on how to sit with the Lord and just enjoy Him and, and to be available to Him. And this, this will help you. Uh, this prayer that we pray, those of you who are familiar with the vineyard, uh, here probably if you go into a vineyard at some point in the service, you're going to hear the prayer, Come Holy Spirit. And uh, this is kind of a... It's a, it's a favorite, favorite prayer of ours, and I, I want to explain a little bit about that prayer. The first time I ever heard that prayer was from a guy named John Wimber uh, at a conference, the founder, basically, of the vineyard, the way it is and now. And um, when John prayed that, uh, like many of you, maybe when you hear that prayer, you go, wait a minute, I thought the Holy Spirit was here. Why, why is he praying? Isn't the Holy Spirit, if I'm a Christian, isn't the Holy Spirit living in me already? Yes, he is. And uh, isn't he here already? But uh, so I want to explain. This is not a new prayer. It's not something that uh, was, you know, just thought up uh, all the way back to 200 A.D. Uh, theologian prayed this prayer, and we pray that you would send your Holy Spirit. That's at 200 A.D. And then at 800 A.D., a monk. I love this name. Why don't we have names like this anymore? Rabanus Morris. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that carries some weight, you know. But this monk, Rabanus Morris, he prayed, Come, Holy Spirit, Creator, come. And then in 1200 AD, we were given this uh, prayer Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Isn't that beautiful? And, uh, and then for the vineyard, on Mother's Day in 1980, at John's church, on Mother's Day of all days, John asked a young hippie, <laughs> a kid that was hanging out at church named Lonnie Frisbee. John uh, saw Lonnie, felt like the Lord spoke to him and said, have Lonnie preach. And he says, Duh, wow, really? And... <laughs> And he said, yeah, let him preach. And so John had Lonnie come up and preach. And 
at the end of his sermon, which was really good, and you can go on YouTube and see John talking about this. It's hilarious. You, you should look it up. Mother's Day 1980, John Wimber, just look it up. And um, at the end of it, Lonnie prayed, come Holy Spirit. And when he prayed, uh, lots of things happened. Uh, really, the presence of the Lord filled the place. And, and there were a lot of things that upset a lot of people, but also filled people with great expectation of hope and excitement. And uh, John had to work through that, what God was doing. And so this, you know, let me tell you this, what this isn't. This prayer is not a magic incantation. You know, it's not like some magical thing we pray and it has these magic words to it that, uh, that just do something. No, it's, it's, it's not that. It's, it's also not a prayer specifically out of the New Testament. We don't have that prayer in the New Testament. It comes down to us through the ages from, like I said, around 200 AD right up to the present. It doesn't mean, too, it doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit isn't here. He is. And he's in you. He's, he's wherever we're going. He's there before you get there. And uh, the, he's there. It doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is not in you if you're a believer. It doesn't mean that he's not active until you pray that. But think about this. When Jesus sent the disciples to the upper room in Acts 1... He told them to go and do what? Wait, right? For who? The Holy Spirit, right? What do you think they were praying? <laughs> like, go to your room and don't come out until the Holy Spirit comes. What do you, what do you think their expectation is? Come, Holy Spirit. Like, come. Jesus sent us here. And in John 14, 15, and 16, he prepared his disciples for the coming of the Spirit of God. He said, it's important I go back to the Father so that the Father will send. I've requested from the Father. He send the Holy Spirit to you. And now he's not only going to be with you, but he's going to be in you. And then we get to the book of Acts and we see where the Holy Spirit was in them, came to them, also fell on them. His presence was very obvious. So it, you have a fill in on the back of your handout as usual. And so as we start this... Uh, as we start this series, and we move through this almost all the way to Thanksgiving. By the way, at the end of this series, my friend Mike Turgiano uh, from the Bronx is going to be here. And he was with us a couple of years ago. He's just released a book called I'm No Superman, The Holy Spirit for the Rest of Us. <laughs> and where he talks about letting the, the Holy Spirit move in our lives in a really supernaturally natural way. And so he's going to kind of close this whole series out. He'll come in and share with us that weekend and be with us. So let's pray and, uh, and we'll jump into this. Father, thank you so much for your presence already. The sense of your love. The sense of your presence in communion. In the singing. And we do ask you to send your Holy Spirit. In a very recognizable way Lord we ask for you to grace us by letting the Holy Spirit come and fall on us to reveal yourself in your presence Lord here this morning help me in my weakness Lord and Lord give me the gift of teaching over the next few minutes guide the words I use May you come and, as the prayer said, enkindle our hearts, Lord, 
for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, your first fill-in is this. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to experience God. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to experience God. Romans 5, 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Now that sounds like something you ought to sense, not just read. You know, we Westerners... We indeed have this Greek way of thinking. We've been versed in it. We've been trained at university and our schools to process information in a very logical line upon line way. Uh, I like that too. That's, I like logic and I like looking at things and, and, and considering uh, you know, different input and different ideas and coming to a conclusion. And all of that. But I'll have to tell you. If that's the only way we ever process knowing God. We have missed a large portion of what it means. To have a relationship with a savior that went to a cross for us. If it's only in here that Jesus comes to us. And we read or somebody tells us that. Hey we need to accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And we go yes. And then that's it. We have missed a large portion of what God has for us. And uh, we might as well have not had the book of Acts. Let's just take it out of the Bible and not read it. Why is it in there? Why is 1 Corinthians in the scripture? Why is Galatians 5 in the Bible? All these references. Why is Joel and the talk and the promise uh, in Malachi, why are, why are the different passages of the Holy Spirit coming and people knowing that God has come among them? Why are they there if not for us to actually experience? The experience of God, the only way we experience God is through the Holy Spirit. If you have ever had an experience with God, it was the Holy Spirit. It was the Holy Spirit that did that. And that's, it's him. In Acts 1.8 we read. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. When the Holy Spirit comes on you. That assumes you're going to know it right. <laughs> In Acts 2.4. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. And began to speak. There was some kind of response. That was, that there was a noticeable difference. Something changed. In Acts 2, 17 through 18, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will think. They will prophesy. They will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Is that how you find out you're old? Like you, you quit having. Man, I sure do dream a lot now. It's like, oh yeah, well that's because you're old, Tim. <laughs> You'll dream dreams. Of course, these are, you know, God-inspired dreams of, of the, how beautiful Jesus is and what he has for us and who he is and his love, great love for us. In Acts 2.33, the promised Holy Spirit has poured out what you now think. No, you see and you hear. You see and you hear. All of this is this experience. Acts 4.31, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and what? Spoke the word of God boldly. Acts 8.18, when Simon saw that the Holy Spirit was given, when he saw it, he could tell it. 
Someone was watching a person and they could tell that that person had the Holy Spirit operating in them. You know, and this is not us. This was really hard. I have to tell you, this was hard for me early on in the vineyard. Uh, You know, 25 years ago, I, I came out of a charismatic kind of a background. And so you, you know, you had to get excited. I mean, you were, whether you were or not, I mean, you just had to, right? I mean, especially at the end of the service. I mean, even if you had a rough day, you could not have a rough day. And, uh, you know, you had to pump it up, you know. You had to, and when I came to the vineyard, I was taught the, the exact opposite is what we should be doing. It's not us. You know, it's, it's not any of us making something happen. It's loving and wanting to experience the presence of a loving God in our midst. And so we say, come Holy Spirit, come. And then we all kind of, in the weeks ahead, we're going to talk about ways we experience the presence of the Holy Spirit. We want to see God reveal himself. And I think that's a pretty good word, you know. What, what are we talking about, Tim? It's like God, God comes and, and he's always here, but there's a kind of a lifting of the veil, so to speak. And he reveals himself in some manner, whether it's through... An amazing experience of his love, his presence, his forgiveness. Um, All of a sudden, you know, someone is healed or someone walks over to you and encourages you with a word that there is no way in the world they could have known what you were going through. But suddenly they walk over to you and they speak that word to you. And you're like, man, how does that happen? You know, these are moments and times when we experience God, in in the vineyard, you know, we don't have to make anything happen. You know, we we close this up here in just a few minutes. We're going to wait. Tim doesn't have to make anything happen. Matter of fact, I could get right in the way of whatever God wanted to do. And it's and and the the beautiful news of this is all of us can do this. You know, none of you have to make anything happen. You just have to be at his disposal and go. It's the Holy Spirit that comes. And so we wait. We wait a bit. And we wait for him to come. And, and we wait to see how he wants to reveal himself today. We're a people of his presence. And it's his presence that brings his power. You know, it's like we, we seek his power. But no, no, no. What we want is we want to experience God's presence. We want to sense and know he's close. We know because we read. Some of us know because we've been, we've been walking with him for a long time. And so we know. We know he's faithful. We know he's close to us in tough times. We know that. But there's a time when we pray, come Holy Spirit. We want to know. We want to experience. And we want to be empowered in such a way to, that, that that presence goes to others. And encourages other people. And comforts other people. And sees people delivered and healed and set free. And it's his presence that does that. It's us experiencing the already, you know, that we talk about of his kingdom. Well, I was in a, we have a, once a year, we have what we call a theological round table. There's about, sometimes there's only five of us. Sometimes there's 15 of us. And we get together and we get with uh, some theologian and they give us a book to read. And we'll sit down for three days and we'll talk through this book. And uh, this past August, uh, we were with uh, former national director, Burt Wagner and Burt, gave us a book 
called Thinking in Tongues to read. And, uh, and so we started talking about what it meant for the Holy Spirit to come in. And Bert said this to me. He said, Tim, I kind of see it like this. He said, it's like, like me coming to you and going, hey, Tim, can we sit down and talk? Can I show you something? That's come Holy Spirit. Can we sit down and can I show you something? Come Holy Spirit. That kind of a prayer. It's a revealing of God's presence. If you read the Gospels, what do you see Jesus doing? Read the book of the Gospel of Matthew and take note of every time the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God is mentioned. Most of the time when he says that about the kingdom, the rule and the reign of God coming, he'll say it's, it's at hand, it's close, it's right next door. And then what does Jesus do? He heals somebody. So when the kingdom is close, things happen. And for us in our Western thought to exclude all of that because it's out of our control, we just, we just removed ourselves from a great portion of what it means to be a Christian and to be an alive person seeking God. And if we need anything, we need the presence of God. Don't you need it? Don't you want to sense his very presence next to you? And don't you want him moving you? To love people, to serve people. Secondly, it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to change. It is the Holy Spirit that enables us to change. Any change in our lives that we're going to see happen is going to come through His presence. It's going to come by way via of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, kindness, forbearance, uh, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. I mean, it is the Holy Spirit that changes us. I'll bet you there are some of you in here who have had moments in time when you've experienced the presence of God in your life and it changed you. Now, I'm not saying you didn't have to go back to it or you didn't have to disciple that moment. And that is follow through on what God did. But I'll bet you there are people in here who were delivered of things. Who suddenly you forgave someone that you were not able to do up until that point until the Lord came. I'll bet you there are some of you. Matter of fact, I know there are some of you in here who have been physically healed. There is no explanation for it. But God touched you. His presence come Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that enables us to change inside. And that's, that's the beautiful thing is the Holy Spirit works from the inside. Changing us, changing us. And then we pray he Make himself known. You know, reveal yourself here too. Right here. I know you're working in here. And keep working here. But I want to see you here. I want to see you work here. He is a present God. A present God. Not distant one day. I have this cerebral thought. I have this cognitive conclusion that I've made that there is a God. One day, maybe I will actually experience God. That's not what I read in the Bible. It's your kingdom come now on the earth as it is in heaven. Come, does it come every time the way we want it? No, but it does come. Remember, in between the eras, we're first coming, second coming. We're right here in the middle of that flux. Jesus taught us that the Holy Spirit would be in us, be with us, 
And then the book of Acts and then the Acts 1. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. He'll come. Hey, uh, some of you have heard this story. But it's worth telling again. And, uh, but we had, a, we had a guy from Australia come in and minister in a church that I was a part of years back. And we were having a training session on a Saturday morning for small group leaders. And um, all of a sudden, in the back of the room, I hear this crazy talk. And this drunk guy comes walking in our service. He's like, what's going on? You know, he's just staggering down the hall, right down through the aisle. And I'm like, I'm getting up to go kind of short circuit him and get him out to the lobby. And uh, but before I could get there, our speaker, Clark, all of a sudden was like, you know, the flash. I mean, he was like gone. I mean, I don't know how he did it. Like Philip in the book of Acts. You know, he was just like transport. He was like there. And he just took off. And before I could even get down the aisle, this guy had like, in the name of Jesus, popped him right in the head like this. I, you know, don't have to do that. But, uh, but he, in the name of Jesus, the guy fell on the floor. Clark prayed for him. He opens his eyes. He's as sober. He's just as sober. He goes, what did, what did you do? What did you do to me? What did you touch? What did you do? And Clark said, friend, that was the Holy Spirit. He said, the Holy Spirit is here right now to forgive you. Jesus is here calling you to follow him. He will forgive you, restore you to your father right now, give you purpose in your life. Don't you want to do that? <laughs> and he was like, let me see your hands. Let me make sure there's nothing in your hands. And, and he prayed. He gave his life to Christ. We prayed for him to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And as some of you know, we put him on a bus back to Texas to his family. That was a revealing of God's great presence for this man in that moment. If you've ever had a sense of talking to someone about the change in their life and, and you go to them and you feel this compelling, it's not just you. You know it's more than that. It's the love of God that's pushing you towards someone. That's that change. That, that's the presence of the Holy Spirit moving us. You know, my greatest testimony of all is that, you know, and there is an act of the Holy Spirit that God could take a guy who used to, excuse this, used to have on the nose of his surfboard, F-U, and then change it to ask me about Jesus. And that's your pastor, so... <laughs> Now, I'm telling you, that's got to be the Holy Ghost. Whatever you say. I mean, it was. It was. It is. When you have an amazing realization of God's love, like all of a sudden you're overwhelmed. You ever had those times where you just, you can't explain it. All of a sudden you're just immersed in this, God, God loves me. He loves me. He loves me. He sent his son to die for me. His son was raised from the dead to make sure that we all know he, he's got the power to do this. And that he's called me to follow him into this world with purpose. And that the purpose doesn't end in this life. That there's purpose to come as well. That is the presence of the Holy Spirit that does that. Right now, there's some of you in here. You feel so lonely. You feel so disengaged. And 
disconnected from people and there is something inside of your heart even now that's being tugged on and pulled and you're like, could this be true? Is it true? Is it true? That's the Holy Spirit pulling, trying to reveal to you the great heart of a dear father who does love you well and cares for you. It's the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. If there's any change in our life, if we have hope for any change in our life, it's through the Holy Spirit. Terry Winterhalter sitting right over here. Terry, wave your hand. Maybe you saw. I mean, there's change. I mean, you know, from the deathbed till right here with us. And uh, gosh, wow. You know, I, I love music. And I love playing music. And I love listening to music. But you know what's better than listening to music? Actually seeing the band. Actually seeing the band. But you know what's even better than seeing the band? Playing with the band. Playing with the band. Now see, that's, that's where it really gets real. It's when you get an invitation to step up, pick up the instrument, and start playing. That's what God does. Like he shows us, he sends us those files of his great love and all, but it doesn't end there. It's like, want to play? Come on. Come on. I'll, I'll show you how to play. I'll help you. Now you won't have just to read about it. Just listen to it. You can help play and make the music. You can have your own book of acts along with everybody else. Because come on up. Grab an instrument. Let's go. It's the presence of God. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. Your last one there is it is the Holy Spirit that enables us to see the already, the already of the kingdom. Now, those of you who have not been with us uh, for a while know this kind of, I guess it would be somewhat insider theological talk. The already means like Jesus prayed, your kingdom come, your will be done on the earth. I mean, Jesus taught us that's our prayer, right? We pray that God gets his way here on the earth. Now, just like he gets his way in heaven, always. And Jesus said, pray that way. Pray that way. Now. Pray it. So when we do see God have his way, it's we see the kingdom, the already of his rule and his reign. Or, I like this definition, the kingdom of God is where God gets everything he wants. And so when we pray for people, when we restore people, when our hearts are touched, anytime God gets what he wants, we get to taste a little bit of the already of the kingdom. Last Sunday when we had this meal here, you know, I made the mention, I said there are no ordinary meals for those of us who are Christ followers. There will never be another ordinary meal once you become a Christ follower. Because every meal, every time you sit down at the table and you look across the table at that other person, you are celebrating something to come. You get a little taste as you laugh and as you share. Maybe cry with each other and hold on to each other. And enjoy the moment and eat the food and have the nourishment. You are getting a taste of what it's going to be like when the kingdom comes in fullness. I mean, I did a wedding last night. And that banquet was set up. And every time I look at a banquet table, I think of the final banquet. The big one to come, right? So every time we have a meal together, every time we gather, it's a taste of the already of the kingdom. And we want to see his kingdom come. Jesus wants, to, wants us to pray that and to see it happen. Like I said, Jesus 
would say the kingdom of God is at hand. It's close by. It's right around the corner. It's coming close. And then he would heal someone. And he would cast out a demon. And he would feed the masses. He would restore someone that people were trying to discard or even kill. He would restore them and protect them. The kingdom comes. The kingdom comes. We see it. We hear it. And listen, folks. This prayer, come Holy Spirit, is not a prayer for the strong. It's not a prayer for the strong. You know, it's a prayer of, of us leaning into him and asking him to come. It's not like, I command the Holy Spirit to come. It's not that. It is a petition. Come, Holy Spirit. It's not, come, Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, like he's going, <laughs> that's right, Tim. <laughs> Yes, right, buddy. No, it's no, it's not like, Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you come? It's for the weak. It's for those of us who are, or maybe we just don't feel that strong. We don't feel like we quite have enough, you know. This is the prayer for those. Come, Holy Spirit, come. It's not a prayer for someone to build a big church. It's not a prayer for someone to build a big ministry. It's a prayer for the church to pray so that we see God come. We see his presence come and touch people's lives and restore people's lives. The last couple of weeks, I've been, there's a scripture that I've been holding close. Uh, you know how you read, just sporadically read through the Bible. And I came upon Ma- uh, Malachi 3.1. And, uh, and I read these words. Then suddenly the Lord you are seeking will come to his temple. And the messenger of the covenant whom you desire will come, says the Lord Almighty. So I thought, that's it, isn't it? I'm looking, I'm seeking. I am looking for him to come. And I'm desiring for him to come. And to reveal himself in this place. Come, Holy Spirit. Let's pray. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. You can learn more about us and access a video archive of our messages by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel led to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or download the PushPay app on your smartphone and search for Seacoast Vineyard Church.